Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you about my co-host. You know what, folks? Today is Elon Musk's birthday, and in honor of our favorite online freedom fighter, my co-host, Drea Humphrey, is right now going to sing Happy Birthday. Take it. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> but happy birthday, Elon Musk. He deserves it, especially for what he's been up to the last next year. I can sing the odd share song during karaoke, <laughs> but other than that, that's about it. Drea, I refuse to believe you. I think you have one of the most lovely voices I have ever heard in my life. Aww. I've always said you've got a great side gig awaiting you if you decide to record those audiobooks. Uh, you know, I I just think it, it's so lovely. So I was expecting you to hammer out a Whitney Houston-style version <laughs> of Happy Birthday to Elon. But, uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll try it again next year at this time. Born on this day in 1971. Dre, I got to tell you, um, I don't know what it's like in B.C., but Toronto, evidently, it is the sixth worst city in the world. So we're talking about a whole bunch of Chinese megacities in terms of air quality. I, I walked the dog before I came in here. I came back, even though I had showered, smelling like a smoke sausage. Uh, one of the <laughs> nicknames of Toronto is uh, the Big Smoke. And my God, is it ever living up uh, to that nickname. Uh, wow. So I had to shower again and um, slap on uh, some extra English leather cologne. Do you remember the tagline for English leather? Um, the no. TV ad? No? Oh, Drea. No. It's one of the best <laughs> ad jingles of all time. It was always this very sexy woman saying, my men wear English leather or they wear nothing at all. <laughs> I, I don't even, I've never heard of that. I've never even heard of, you know, like English I'm leather myself. being episode. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's a well, catchy anyways, tagline. Speaking of wearing nothing at all, that's a great segue to one of our uh, items about all the public nudity breaking out in public streets in Toronto uh, during the, the Pride Parade and the cops doing nothing, of course. But before we get into that, I think uh, you, as the Khaleesi of BC, you're going to lay down uh, the uh, the ground rules the of law. what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Well, welcome, everybody, to the Daily Roundup, where we get, go through the current events. And we've got a really good show for you guys tonight or today. Oh, my gosh. Can you tell I'm half asleep? Speaking of air quality, my allergies are really bugging me. So my head feels like it's like three times as big. So excuse me if I snort a bit. But uh, yeah, a way you can be part of the show is if you go to Rumble or Odyssey, there is this live chat option where you can comment. So anything that we say that you have something to say, or maybe you think we need to mention something else to the public, you can donate $5 or more. The donation goes to cover the many costs to bring you the other side of the story. And then we do our best to read those as well. So what are we starting off with today, David? 
Oh, um, I see that. And since you're in uh, British Columbia, Ooh, by the way, how much right. longer do we get to call British Columbia British Columbia? I mean, and oh, they're wow. in a real uh, pickle. They can't drop the British word because there's already a Columbia as a country. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe not in my lifetime. I'm running out of gas, but maybe in your lifetime, there'll be some rebranding of your province. But I digress. Uh, but um this is interesting because um, I think it, I don't know what to make of it, it, but BC is pursuing a plan to end letter grades despite opposition from parents, teachers, students. Does that mean they're moving from letter grades to percentile grades, Adrea, or is it um, anything goes, um, no judgment uh, whatsoever? What's going on there? Well, if you look at the screen there, there's an example that's from MLA, uh, John Rusted, leader of the Conservative Party of BC, showing it there. So it's that meeting, not meeting expectation, you know, don't want to trigger the children and let them know that uh, they need work in certain areas. Actually, much of this has already been started to be implemented in different places, different schools in BC, but it's going to be across the board pretty quick here. Um, it, it's just so, I, I am so against this. I have two kids. Um, it says here in the article that uh, we can put on the screen that more than half of the teachers reported low satisfaction when surveyed specifically about the so-called a new sort of proficiency scale that would replace the letter grades, while 60% of parents or caregivers and 83% of students didn't like the change. So you have the educators, the parents, and the students saying, we don't want this to happen, yet the Ministry of Education is saying, well, too bad, we're doing it anyways. So in other words, Drea, this is a woke solution for a problem that does not exist. Yeah. What's going on here? The education minister, Rachna Singh, said last week that about half of all public school districts, like I said, have already tested and adopted the new reporting style and that the curriculum that started. So that's been since 2016. I noticed that as a parent in certain classes or Um, I noticed it more in middle school, to be honest, with my child, that there wasn't, there was no grades for a little bit there. Um, But yeah, it's going to be implemented in September. So British Columbia kids will barely be able to know. And I think one of the things they want to do is make kids self-assess themselves, which I'm not totally against as long as they're being properly assessed uh, by an educator. But Drea... uh From a tangible perspective, from a logistical viewpoint, how do you know whether your kid is a genius or a flunky if you don't have some sort of benchmark, be it a letter grade, be it a percentile, whatever, if it's just, um, oh, you know, the kid's doing all right. Well, no, that's not good enough. Uh, how mm-hmm. do I know whether or not uh, to reward them for getting straight A pluses or to look at getting tutors to help them keep up with the rest of the class? This is madness. It is madness. And maybe that's why some of the kids are saying no, because, you know, I usually offer a few bucks to get an A. <laughs> You get this, right? It's like, no, this is like getting rid of the tooth or something like that. But, you know, kids need to be able to strive for something. And also, if you know kids that are in sports, you see the same thing happening, at least out here in BC, too, where they're trying to say, hey, don't let the kids know who won the game. Don't keep score. 
you know, my brother's a, a soccer coach and um, for the younger grades, he just tells the kids who won the game, like, how are kids going to be able to function in the real world if they don't understand that there is success and failure and different measures of that in between and how to over overcome these issues? Yeah. You know what, Drea, you're so right. And here's what these idiot educrats don't understand. There is no shame in honest failure. If you try hard and you gave the analogy of a soccer game and you lose, uh, well, it's not that we all don't keep score and don't keep standings and everybody gets a participation trophy at the end of the mm -hmm. season. No, that's wrong. Basically, what failure should do is make the individual – uh, reinvent themselves to yeah. succeed, to excel, as opposed to being mollycoddled. Well, there was no score. There was no standings. Everyone got a trophy. And you know what? Your friend, the referee, telling the kids what the score is, he doesn't have to do that, Adrea. Uh, soccer, to its shame across Canada, does not keep score. It, it mm. infuriated me when my kids were in soccer when they were very young. But guess what, Drea? Really? The kids on the field... They're mm -hmm. all keeping score. They yeah. are all, you know, they For are sure. all mentally. So the idea that there's no scoreboard with numbers on it means nothing. But this is part of an ongoing problem. You know, 10 years ago, forgive me, I can't remember his name, but I remember the school district. It was Edmonton. It was a teacher who gave a zero to a student who did not hand in an assignment and yeah. did not show up for an exam and that's a zero. there's nothing to grade that's a <laughs> yeah. zero guess what to make a long story short drea that teacher was fired the uh, no yes uh he went uh he went to court um in a lawsuit really? i believe he was successful didn't get his job back but he got a monetary award but the edmonton school board said nope it doesn't matter if they don't show up for an exam it doesn't matter if the student didn't hand in an essay you've hurt his self-esteem by giving him a zero and he said no i'm sorry and this is my kind of teacher if there's nothing to grade if there's nothing to read how can I give any number on that? And they were demanding you give them at least 51% a passing grade. And he said, no, got fired, got some money uh, in the years that followed uh, litigation. Mm -hmm. But this is really a race to the bottom. Do you know what? Yeah. I, for some reason, Drea, I don't think the kids in China are being treated this way. Oh, you, know, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think the... Uh, the mandarins of beijing are, are probably saying we're gonna win this war without even firing a single bullet i mean this is unbelievable i know no definitely completely different there in so many ways including what our kids are watching on social media so again yeah. i think we're just being reminded over and over and over that parents have to be involved in their child's education and if that might even be asking to see your child's projects and homework and giving them a grade yourself on what you think at this point if you know if this is the case right and i want to make one last point Dre. i filled in for ezra levant uh for a show a few weeks ago and what caught my eye was a stat and it was something like i'm i'm going by memory 40 percent of youth aged 18 to 24 in the workplace are suffering from mental breakdowns. 
And what I what jumped out at me, first of all, come on, you're 18, 19, 20. Chances are you don't have a mortgage. You probably don't even have a car payment. You're pretty carefree at that age. And I'm thinking, is there something more to this? Is this real mental illness? And by the way, if it is mental illness, these people shouldn't be mocked. They should be helped. Or is it once they've you know, come out of that bizarre biosphere of education and go into the real world and a boss is demanding, you know, attendance in the office, the boss is demanding performance. Uh, do these little violets just crush under that kind mm. of uh, mandate? I think there's a lot to it that that mm -hmm. is. And ultimately, here's the question, Drea. Do we blame the kids or do we blame the generations of educrats that came before them yeah. and said, we're not going to judge you. We're not going to mark you. We're not going to fail you. Even if little Johnny or Janie can't spell cat, if you spotted them the C and the T, uh, mm -hmm. is that who's to blame? I think that is who is to blame for oh, creating, for sure. you know, a, a generation or two of people that can't even cope in reality, i.e. the workplace. Oh, totally agree. And I mean, the kids agree, apparently. I think I just said 80 or something percent are like, no, but it's the next generation that hasn't had any grades that won't, won't know the difference. So Yes. And we should go on because we advertised it in the uh, email that went out. Uh, Polyev telling uh, Blackface to butt out when it comes to uh, New Brunswick's policy on uh, LG... LGBTQ. You know what? Can we? Uh, I, there's a gay broadcaster in Toronto, and he mentioned um, with all these acronyms. Can we? You know, and it keeps changing. And sometimes yeah. there's two S, and sometimes there's three P's and an I. Can we just call it the queer community? I know queer once upon a time was a slur, but it seems to be something that's embraced. But that gets rid of that never-ending string of letters. Well Anyways. Drea, I think this is a huge win for Polyev and a big loss for Blackface. Uh, New Brunswick is, uh, you know, taking a righteous stance on this transanity madness in their province. Uh, mm -hmm. Trudeau's condemning them. Uh, Polyev is saying, mind your own business. And I'll tell you why I'm glad Blackface is uh, putting his nose into provincial business. The more he does this, the more he basically pisses off a typical liberal voting block, and I'm talking about those in the Muslim community that are not down with the mm -hmm. whole spirit unicorn transgenderism that's going on. I think this potentially will cost blackface at the, the ballot box in the next year and a half, whenever the election is. What do you say, my friend? Well, I think there once again, uh, the liberals are un underestimating the small fringe minority. It's not a small <laughs> fringe minority of parents, adults, concerned citizens who do not want to see pride agendas pushed on children by state institutions. It's just common sense. People don't even want to see religion pushed on kids in state institutions. Why would it be any different with a sexual activist agenda? Um, so I do think it's about time we see uh, Mr. Polyev speak out about this issue. I think what he said is perfect. Um, 
if you look at this article here, I think we're looking at it. So this is about the 713 policy, which New Brunswick is uh, in the process of reviewing. And one of the first products that came out of those review is that teachers will, will no longer be compelled to use preferred genders from children without parental consent. They have to get parental Good. consent until the child is 16. So they're getting all this backlash from activists and they're saying, oh, this controversial change. It's like, no, it's controversial to give kids a whole completely different identity and don't tell their parents. That's the controversy. This is going back to normalcy. And um, you, Pierre Polyev's response to that, it, he says, I know that Justin Trudeau has butted in to that so he sorry let me backtrack a bit he was asked at an event in Moncton um, he was asked about this change that New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs has done on the policy and so Pierre said it's a provincial policy I know that Justin Trudeau has butted into that the Prime Minister has no business in decisions that should rest with the provinces and parents so my message to Justin Trudeau is but out so he was very firm on that um yeah very very firm on that yeah. and so of course uh, i think i have what trudeau said here too trudeau had said about it right now he said trans kids in new brunswick are being told they don't have the right to be their true selves <laughs> that they need to ask permission trans kids need to feel safe not targeted by politicians we need to stand against this so and sorry, Dre, I missed uh, that. Who said that? Was that Trudeau or Seamus O'Regan? Oh, did I get it wrong? No, I, I, I it was Trudeau. Oh, you're, okay. oh, you're, yeah, that's Trudeau. Because I saw, I saw a screen capture of Seamus O'Regan, aka the most stupid MP in the history of Canada. Uh, it's uh, an absolute wonder that guy gets elected to even be dog catcher. But you know, uh, Drea, this is a win for Pierre Polyev. In fact, if I was in the Polyev yeah. war room, I would I'd tell him to double down. I would tell him simply to make this an off-repeated promise, even though it's a provincial jurisdiction. But as prime minister, I will reach out to the education ministers across our dominion mm -hmm. and try to convince them to get pornography out of elementary and uh, secondary school libraries. And Absolutely. you know what, Dre? You don't even have to get into gender identification and sexual orientation. So this is not an anti-LGBT thing. In fact, members of that community, I think of gays against groomers. I think mm -hmm. of LGB without the T. These are the people that would be on side, members of that very community, just by you taking a stance against child pornography. I can't even believe, you know, I'm hearing what I'm saying and I can't believe what I'm saying, that there's child pornography in our school schools which should be safe havens from that kind of smut for our kids so yeah. um you go, this is a winner this is a winner is. across the board regardless of your uh, politics the only people that seem to be pushing this drea are these marxist educrats who have a hidden agenda in terms of well you know, my oft-repeated phrase is, it's all about tearing down society as a Marxist is wont to do, mm -hmm. to rebuild it as that Marxist yeah. utopia, which never ends up happening, of course. Yeah. So what is there to lose with Polyev picking up this particular plank? No, he's representing the parents and saying, you know, 
let the provinces and the parents deal with it. And that's exactly the way it should be parents first. Um, but speaking about reaching out to education ministers, it reminds me of a very important campaign we have going right now yes. called HireLeahBack.com. If you're watching this, you can open up another screen or grab another device and go to HireLeahBack.com. Some of you probably have heard the story about the Saskatchewan education assistant named Leah Meyer, who shared without commenting a article uh, from LifeSite News that was simply about a nonprofit saying, hey, if you're distressed about pride being pushed in schools, why not keep your children home on June 1st as a form of protest? So she shared that, by the way, in a private group. She didn't share it where her students are looking or anything like that. And someone snitched on her in the group. And days later, she was terminated. And so I ask for you to go to um i have an interview coming up she does want her job back in case you're wondering so she does want her job back but this is so important because david let me know if you've had this but i've certainly had teachers reach out to me in private off record they're feeling muzzled they're they're so distressed with being in the system where they can't speak um you hear that they're being compelled to you know call kids different identities hide that from their parents there's a million reasons um they're upset so they're watching this situation and going, my goodness, I can't even share an article now. Oh, no. If I share a news article, I could lose my job. So go to hirebacklea.com. We've got an email pre-written for you. You're welcome to tweak it. Just be respectful. And that email goes off to the education minister, Dustin Duncan, Duncan, I believe his name. It goes to the superintendent. And it goes to, why is it evading me who the third person is? But basically the powers that be that can get her job back. And then also there's a petition, which we will deliver. So if you could please do those two things. Um, I think that this is a very important fight because imagine, imagine whatever job you have, you get canceled for sharing an article. Maybe it's about Bud Light um, and what's happened there. You share that, you're done. Oh, I we think you're talking about Anthony Bass, the ex-Toronto Blue Jay, who had right. to go uh, through uh, numerous yeah. mea culpas, uh, sit down with a member of Pride Toronto and get lectured, um, and then got fired, nevertheless. No, this is par for the course, Drea. Um, I'm enraged, but I'm not surprised. And I can tell right. you, last week when I was in Windsor, I got to sit down with a Windsor-Essex um, school board trustee. She's a lioness, in my opinion, Linda uh, Kin. And that interview will be going up in the, the next day or so. But for taking a stance for the parents, for speaking out against radical trans agenda, speaking out against in age inappropriate material in the Greater Essex School Board libraries, she has been shunned and condemned uh, by the other people on her board. She's been totally ostracized. Um, she has been called a white supremacist. Um, I should point out she's Asian um, <laughs> and also she showed me some of the response she got from, you know, the love uh, Trump's hate trans community. Um, Dre, I can't say the words on our live stream, but think of the most um, insulting C word 
for mm. a woman of Asian descent. Think of the mm. most insulting C word for a woman, period. This is what wow. she was being called, along with, I hope you die painfully of breast cancer. Okay? Oh this is the community that they are bending over backwards not to offend or trigger. And far from <laughs> love Trump's hate, these people are the biggest haters on the planet, and they work as a mob. Uh, anyways, yeah. I was so happy that she took a stance because uh, yeah. there are other trustees like uh, Linda that have also been ostracized by their boards, such as in Waterloo, mm -hmm. such as in Durham District, but they're not quite ready to sit down and give media interviews yet. I don't know what they have to lose. These people on the board ostracizing you, they're never going to forgive you. Like, we have forgiveness for serial killers. You get out of jail at some point unless you're called a dangerous offender. And, you know, and even then you get to go to a, a condominium style prison eventually, case in point, uh, Paul Bernardo. But this idea of controlling the narrative, right, what Leah is going through, I am not surprised whatsoever. I mean, I, I you know, if he, if she was wearing, say, a T-shirt on her own private property saying there are two genders and some nosy Parker went by, that would be uh, grounds enough to get, um, you know, the firing process engaged. Uh, it's it, it just goes to show you, Drea, I'm so happy that our new publication well, it's not a new publication. It's a republication of 1984 yes. is out. If you haven't read that yet, folks, or if you read it maybe back in high school decades ago, buy this book. The value add is uh, the fact that Paul Ravoche, I think he's one of the best artists in Canada, maybe the world. Mm -hmm. He is absolutely super talented. He, um, it, This has never been done, uh, a 1984 publication uh, that's peppered, I think it's with something like 30 illustrations, all of them gorgeously rendered. It looks but, so nice. Yeah. And what George Orwell wrote about in 1948 is coming to fruition in Canada in 2023. Yeah, the thought police are definitely out. And if you have kids, grab that book for them to read too. Yes. It's, it's a really interesting book and I'm going through it again. I'm about halfway through it right now. Um, it's quite shocking now, but this is something a lot of kids were told to read. They're not told to read that anymore. <laughs> so if you have, uh, you know, tweens and up, I would say it's a good book to get them to read as well. So Indeed. And on that note, Dre, I think we should take a ad break. I think we might even have an ad coming up for that aforementioned publication. And then on the other side, we'll talk about, oh, it turns out that a drag chant about we're coming for your children, it was taken out of context. There's some nuance or something, you see. Yeah, we'll try to analyze that hot potato on the other side. In a world plagued by conformity, where truth is distorted, freedom is a distant memory, and Big Brother is always watching. One man, Winston Smith, looks to break through his bleak existence. Introducing the all-new Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of George Orwell's iconic book, 1984. Now, more than ever, in the age of lockdowns, 15-minute cities, and World Economic Forum globalism, everyone must read 1984. Uncover the hidden depths of this literary classic with our exclusive illustrated edition that brings Orwell's haunting vision to life, reborn with a foreword by Ezra Levant, and 30 captivating new illustrations by artist Paul Revoge. You see that Orwell is not only explaining what might come, 
But in my opinion, what's already here, even back when he wrote it in 1949, but much more so as we see revealed today, particularly with the last three years. Join the rebellion against conformity. Get your hands on the Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of 1984, now available at buy1984.com. Living with spike protein in a post-pandemic world is something we all have to grapple with, whether you've had the virus, you've been vaccinated yourself, or if you're around those who were. The wellness company's Spike Support Formula is a daily supplement that can help you feel your best and then stay that way. Go to twccanada.health to get back to that pre-pandemic feeling with Spike Support. Use coupon code REVEL to save 10% off these doctor-formulated products, which are rooted in science. And for a limited time, your first month's membership is only 99 cents. That's twccanada.health, coupon code REVEL at checkout. It's time to put your wellness back in the driver's seat. So, Drea, we mentioned uh, before we went to that uh, commercial break that uh, there is a uh, a chant uh, by the Rainbow community that now the mainstream media is uh, hurriedly trying to repackage as something taken out of context. I'm looking at the NBC News uh, article here. And because it's NBC, that means uh, it is truth as opposed to nothing but crap. Anyway, here is how the story starts. Over the weekend, a short video circulated widely on social media of an unidentified person at a New York City march during Pride festivities saying, quote, we're coming for your children, end quote, in the 21-second clip circulated by a right-wing <laughs> web streamer channel. Dozens of people march in the streets and are clearly heard chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. But one voice that is louder than the crowd, it is not clear whose or whether the speaker was a member of the LGBTQ community, is heard saying at least twice, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Oh, I I see, Andrea. So yeah. not only was it taken out of context, but maybe it's a false flag operation. That wasn't a yeah. member of the LGBT community. That's probably, oh, what do they say? One of those white right wing <laughs> web streamers. He was doing mm -hmm. that to make the LGBT exactly. people uh, look bad. <laughs> well, which is it? Is it um, taken out of context? Or is this a false flag operation? You really can't have it both ways. I'm very confused by this report, Drea. Well, let's show the clip of it. Uh, yes. And then, and then we'll chat some more about that. Oh, wait. There we go. You know what, Drea? Um, I think you should go shopping because just like the members in the Toronto Gay Pride Parade, how about going to a pharmacy and buying, oh, I don't know, some deodorant? I mean, and uh, if you're 
identifying as female. Yeah, maybe you want to, um, you know, shave the legs and your armpits. Uh, Not a good look. Uh, Just ask that Nina of 99 Luft Balloons. Uh, That kind of ended her career prematurely. How about about you buy some? I love how you're laughing at your own joke so hard. (laughs) But yeah, buy some clothes if you're going to be around kids too. But I want to read just a little bit of the lies in that uh, article now that we've watched the clip and we showed it you just read it but they're like like you said right wing they preface it so you're like oh it must not be true it's all just about hate um and then it says but one voice that is louder so they're they're acting like it's one and of course they don't show the video if you're news and you're going to do a whole article about something why not show the clip you know what I mean? Like, just show it so people can see for themselves. But of course, they don't want people to see it. And and like you said, they try to make it look like it's it's only just this one person who is on the right, some far right extremist coming out. It's very clearly people in that community. It's multiple people. Yeah. I saw just in that quick clip watching it now, I saw at least six people whose mouths are going to the same words. And it takes a while to be able to chant something, meaning you have to know what you're going to say before you're already saying it, which means I'm assuming they say it more than just a few times like we saw in that clip. It's disgusting as a parent. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of how often the conspiracy theorists have been right about so much, you know, whether it be COVID and now, um, you know, this attack on kids and this normalization of pedophilia. I mean, out there chanting in public with smiles on your face, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. This is, they're just being honest. And Uh, it's not in the dark anymore. You're you're right, Dre. And I'll argue this uh, to debunk the false flag narrative. If that was some right-wing agitator, if that was you or I or Sheila and we showed up to a a pride parade and we started chanting that and it was not simpatico with how the parade attendees think, we would be beaten to a pulp. Law (laughs) enforcement would turn a blind eye. Just ask a billboard Chris about that one uh, because there are two sets of rules. Um, So that's why uh, I completely discount that. If that was totally against what they believe in, they would forcibly, forcibly shut that person down. And by the way, I I have to throw this in. Um, Our good friend, Joe Warmington, the scrawler, the Toronto Sun, he's got a story today, Naked Truth About Law. For some reason, uh, Drea, uh, even when it's a little chilly and overcast and downright raining, the number of naked people showing up at the Toronto Pride Festival gets yeah. bigger and bigger. Now, first of all, um, and I'm not even making a joke about this. I mentioned this to Sheila on Monday. I've asked this for decades, even to those in the gay community, never get an answer. What does pride have to do with nudity? I mean, I think you're a a proud woman. I'm a proud man. Uh, I don't see us taking our clothes off right now uh, to, you know, in, enforce that feeling of pride. Secondly, it is against the law. Uh, Joe quotes um, the criminal code uh, 174.1. You cannot mm-hmm. be naked in uh, public. But the police uh, basically, well, you know what? It, uh, we, we, it's about keeping the peace. So we're not going to enforce the law, you know, especially. Oh, and here's another big lie. Joe didn't pick up on it, but I sure as hell did. The police spokeswoman. Uh, Stephanie Sayer says, 
It is not in the best interests of officers or the community to have police wading into crowds to arrest people for public nudity. Uh, she then goes on to say, especially when the crowd for the Pride Parade uh, can be as many as one million people. Will the police please stop uttering this lie that they are mandated to by their political masters. There is no way in hell that there are a million people coming out for Toronto Pride. You want to see a million-person event? Think of the original Obama inauguration. That was a million people. What you see in Toronto maybe, maybe approaches 100,000. The police, by the way, Drea, are very good on crowd estimates. They set up grids, you know, from uh, a helicopter, and they can tell you pretty accurately what's out there but for this parade every year that lie gets recycled more than a million people came out for pride absolute falsehood so if they're going to lie about the attendance mm -hmm. i guess what the hell it may as well not even enforce the law even though there were children there uh that day yeah, seeing this uh, gross parade that's the main thing. If you want to be naked around people behind closed doors and they're adults, you do you. But children are present. And that's where it's very sick and very disturbing. I mean, there seems to be this soft place to fall for uh, voyeurists to come out and have fun and, and you know, not have to worry about breaking the law. Even peeping toms now can put on a wig and go into a little girl's change room and look under there and true story if mom gets upset and and tells the front desk she gets told you better stop or we'll call the police on you so yeah. i mean this is the state it's very concerning keep it your kids will, close but, but drea what do we know we're right-wing squares this is all about <laughs> diversity and inclusion and equity but you know what if you really want to get naked in the great outdoors you have that option. There are nudist colonies, right? Just go there. Yeah, you know, exactly. everyone's letting it all hang out. And I'm sorry to be a bit of a curmudgeon here, but why is it that every time, you know, I happen upon a nude beach, um, it's always the people you don't want to see naked that are getting <laughs> naked. I mean, very little supermodels out there or fitness freaks. You know, it, it's more like a display of uh, ricotta cheese, if you catch my drift. But the uh, uh, I don't get that. I, I'll put it to you, Dre. Have you ever had an urge to go to a, a nudist colony and get in the buff? I, I can't think of HR, HR. <laughs> no, it's Menzie's not HR. asking me if I've it's been to a It's completely relevant. HR, because for me, I can't think of anything I would least want to do than that. I mean, that is the one thing that differentiates us from the animal kingdom. We put clothes on. The animals don't. You go naked in public. As far as I'm concerned, you're an animal, okay? <laughs> yeah, and animals, when you first put clothes on them, they hate it, too. But, uh... One last thing on this um, LGBT uh, pride stuff. Uh, Dre, I couldn't help but notice that, you know, I'm thinking Anheuser-Busch, is deliberately trying to kill Bud Light because this got picked up in uh, U.S. media. Lo and behold, at the Toronto Pride Parade, guess who sponsored a float? It's none other than Bud 
Don't call us Dylan Mulvaney light. There we go. You know, say it loud, say it proud as we head into chapter 11. Uh, this to me is staggering, uh, Drea. The Bud Light boycott shows no signs of abating. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, in that very same p uh, page where Joe was uh, talking about the um, the naked truth about the law, which is you will not get charged if you're nude at a pride parade. Uh, Bud Light has resorted to another gimmick south of the border. Uh, basically, you can get a point of sale $15 rebate when you buy a case yeah. of Bud Light, <laughs> meaning that. that in some U.S. markets, a case of Bud Light is selling for less than $15. They're paying you to take it away. Yeah, they're and paying people you. aren't doing it. And Drea, um, like I've said before, this is the most fascinating boycott I've ever seen. Because, uh, first of all, I think it's more than a, a brand of beer. This is, a, a, at least for those on the right, these are people saying, stop shoving this transgender uh, ideology down my throat. Stop using fake woman to replace biological woman. That's what it's about. But on the other side of the spectrum, I came across a story, numerous gay bars, guess what? They're boycotting Bud Light because they don't think Anheuser-Busch did enough to stand up mm -hmm. to the right wing uh, blowback. So when you are getting boycotted on both ends of the political spectrum, and again, a boycott... I have never seen uh, in decades uh, hence. Wow, you've got a branding problem. You've got a marketing problem on your hands. So what? And there you go. Chicago gay bars boycott and Hauser Bush for distancing itself from Dylan Mulvaney. If I'm the bean counter at Anheuser Bush, I'm going to the CEO and I'm going, boss. Here's what it boils down to. Let's throw our support with, you know, the people we were demonizing, you know, the blue collar workers, the frat boys, because there's a hell of a lot of the, more of them than there are of trans people. Uh, let's pick a lane and stick in it. But clearly with Bud Light sponsoring a float at the Toronto Pride Parade, Andrea, they don't know what they're doing, it seems to me. I don't know. Maybe they have to go that way. Maybe, like you said, this is a very epic boycott. And so they're like, yes, we're getting pushed back here, but we're still getting more support with our new target market after we chose to use Dylan Mulvaney um, as the face of Bud Light. Because I know they they tried to work with, um, oh my gosh, is it Harley Davidson? I don't know how well that campaign went after did it go good they probably spent a lot of money on that and so maybe they're just trying out of desperation all of these different ways to survive and they're like you know what this is the new bud light this is who we are now um you know it might be a smaller amount of people but it's all we got yeah, but you know what? In business, Drea, I want to market yeah. to the big percentage of people, not the, the statistical drinkers. rounding error. The <laughs> and by the way, it's yeah. funny you say Harley Davidson. One of the parade, uh, you know, uh, floats, if you will, or, or presenters, it's something called Dykes on Bikes. And they typically ride Harley Davidsons. And I found out this from a police source. Uh, the Toronto Police uh, Motorcycle Unit, they use Harley Davidson. And eventually they have to be decommissioned. And when they go to auction, a disproportionate number of lesbians uh, bid on these motorcycles. They, Interesting. Yeah, I, he couldn't figure it out either. But there's some 
thing there. about lesbians drive uh, riding a ex-police motorcycle. I can't connect the dots, but that's just what I was told. But there's some, and of course, not all of those are uh, are Harleys. Some are, like that one right there. But um, yeah, I was just going to ask you, uh, from a, for a female perspective, what do you think that might be, Drea? I don't know. It's a good place to buy a bike. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. They're not walking around naked in front of little kids. I'm all for it. Whatever. Be a dyke on a bike. It really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> there you go, ladies. From the yeah. words of uh, Drea Humphrey herself, be a dyke on a bike. But you know what? Before we get into more trouble, we got to take another ad break and then we'll uh, pick up uh, some more interesting items on the other side. Keep it here. Would you like to bring our new documentary, Church Under Fire, Canada's War on Christianity, to your church or group? Our documentary tells the story of the authoritarian attacks on places of worship under the guise of public health during COVID. It documents the congregations and pastors who stood up to government overreach and paid the price for it. Now, the documentary isn't just an historical record of what happened. It explains how and why the groundwork was laid years in advance. Now we want as many people as possible to see this documentary so that while we may forgive, we may never forget what happened. And that's why we have a special licensing option for you to bring the documentary to your church. If you're a pastor, reach out to us at savethechristians.com. You'll find a special licensing tab there. And if you're a congregant, let your church leadership know that this documentary exists and that you can have it shown in your own church. And lastly, if you know of a venue or theater who would host a screening, you can make that happen by visiting savethechristians.com. And thank you to everybody who supported and who continues to support this very important work. We could not do any of this without you. For Rebel News, I'm Sheila Gunry. Progressives across this country are going out of their way to erase Canada's national identity, whether it's cancelling fireworks or cancelling Canada Day altogether. If there's one thing that these folks hate, it's patriotism. So why not support our independent journalism and stick it to the progressives who would love to cancel Canada Day by going to rebelnewsstore.com and purchasing some of our incredible Canada Day theme gear, like this shirt I'm wearing right now. Again, you'll be supporting our important work and you'll be sticking up for Canada's national identity, rejecting progressive cancel culture, and saying no, we are indeed Canadian. Again, go to rebelnewsstore.com. You know, Drea, I'm going to reach out to the team for next year's July. Uh, if we're committed to our national holiday, if we're committed to speaking out against cancel culture, we shouldn't be calling July 1st Canada Day. We should be calling it Dominion Day. I'm one of the diehards that still does that. If you look at the history, this was the result of uh, Blackface Classic back in 1982 on the last day of Parliament uh, with seven members short of a quorum ramrodding through legislation, changing Dominion Day 
day and erasing a century of history to Canada Day. So uh, please uh, take a stand against the Trudeau regime by referring to it as Dominion Day. And by the way, Drea, one last item on transanity. Speaking of rebranding, uh, this is just too cute for words, isn't it? And here's why I care about it, because it's my money and your money and all our viewers' money going towards this madness. The CBC is changing. <laughs> LGBTQIA2S plus to 2STNBGC. I repeat, 2STNBGC. You know, that almost sounds like a U.S. cable news network, uh, Drea, like MSNBC LSD. Um, you know, why? Who in blue hell uses that m moniker? I mean, like, what what is going on here? And doesn't it give credence to what I was proposing at the beginning of the show? Why don't we just call it the queer community so we don't get all mixed up and tongue-tied with these endless initials and numbers? I don't think they all consider themselves queer. So, but oh, is I that thought it? the plus. Why <laughs> why did we why did we go beyond the plus? Because I thought the plus meant like and then some. But <laughs> I don't know. I can't keep up. We actually have a live chat as well. Okay. Um, from Fraser McBurney, familiar name. Thanks for your continued support on the live streams. Uh, Fraser says, "When the insane rule the idiots." You know you're in trouble, and worst of all, the government thinks we are all idiots. Hands off our kids. Absolutely there. Yeah. Couldn't agree. Yeah, it should go without saying, Fraser, but that is the problem. It is the educrats in these school boards, and believe me, folks— they don't give a rodent's rectum about the parents nor the kids. These are— Politicians not ready for prime time. They're getting their feet wet to go on to municipal, provincial, and federal politics. And they are all of the ultra-left. And those who aren't and speak out are ostracized. And this is the problem, Drea. We expect boards of education and schools and teachers to guide our children, protect our children, as the case may be. They are, you know, for the time they're in school, at a young age, they are temporary parents, if you will. We don't expect them to be corrupted by those individuals, and that is what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I got news for you, David. Yes. Uh, it's a totally d uh, different subject, but you did mention it not too long ago. It's about our Rebel News store, you don't have to tell them to do Dominion Day shirts or anything like that. <laughs> They're ahead of the game. They have it there. So if anybody wants to take that stand right away, uh, you can go to rebelnewsstore.com. And we do have some. There you go on the screen right there. Dominion Day merch. So look at that. I love you it. You need one. You so need one. Let's be consistent. Let's call it Dominion Day. In <laughs> fact, how about we print hats? Make have, Dominion Day great again. <laughs> have you done a report on this? Oh, have yes. Have you ever done a report? Oh, I you have. did. Okay. And right. in my freelancing career, I think I wrote a column about this in um, National Post, Western Standard, uh, and so on. Um, but sometimes, um, Drea, I feel like that uh, former wrestler back in the 80s, the one-man gang. I, I need allies. I need I need us all. You know, so yeah. my my— July 1st wish for us all, folks, 
keep referring to our holiday as <laughs> Dominion Day. Thank you. Now, we started with some news out of BC. I think we, we don't have much time le left, but maybe we'll yes. end with a little bit more news because I think this is definitely newsworthy. We had two by-elections by recently here in BC. One election was in the Langford riding, which, if you recall, was the former Premier John Horgan's seat. So that's what was being filled. Now, it was won by the NDP, not really shocking in our dear socialist province. Um, NDP Ravi Parmer won and took that seat. And also in another riding, just to add in, which was, um, sorry, I forget the name of that riding. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm butchering this, but Parmer won by 53%. Mm. And another candidate in the Vancouver Mount Pleasant by-election, Joan Phillip, she also won. Uh, with 67%. So neither of that is surprising. They usually vote NDP there. But what is surprising here is usually the opposition is the BC United, which is formerly the BC Liberals Party. And that's usually who people consider to be the Conservative Party out here. But actually, the second place in Langford was the Conservative Party of BC. So that wow. newly branded party and they got uh their candidate got 20 percent of the votes so the, yeah well drea hope springs eternal uh, and uh and by the way thanks for clarifying what bc united was uh i thought it might have been the new name for the Vancouver Whitecap soccer team. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but apparently it's a political party, folks, not a not a soccer club. But that is significant. And, um, you know, uh, maybe the, the tides will turn. But, you know, I got to ask you, Dre, since you've spent so much time uh, in uh, British Columbia, what is it about the North American uh, West Coast that is so uber left, beginning with British Columbia, right on down to um, Washington State, Oregon, California, of course. I guess their one statistical anomaly would be Alaska. They're not, you know, hardcore granola eaters out there. I guess when you're trying to survive that weather up there, uh, you know, that takes, uh, that takes precedence. But why is it such a hotbed of leftism on the West Coast? I don't know why we're the left coast. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I mean, I would say when you look at campaigns and stuff, there seems to be a lot more money going into the NDP's campaigns, if you ask me. I mean, even when there was this small, um, uh, they were trying to recall our premier, David Eby, our new premier's MLA seat. And there was activists, I covered that, and they were doing a, you know, an organized campaign to try to have a seat recalled. I noticed that although Premier Eby had won his seat, he had already been elected, when they were doing that, there were ads running nonstop just like about him, like making people be like, oh, this is who he is. So there seems to be an endless amount of money. I think that that's a factor into it. But I want to circle back to something else you said when you mentioned the BC United and their name sounding more like something for soccer instead of a <laughs> political party. Yeah. Um, so that's basically what the leader of their party is saying. Um, uh, Kevin Falcon says, we knew when we were changing our name 10 weeks ago that it was going to hurt us in these two by-elections. 
Falcon said that we still went ahead with it, though, because we knew these were two NDP strongholds and we had to rip off the Band-Aid and get on with it. So it is true. A lot of people in their own party didn't like that they had the term liberals. Um, so they're saying, you know, it's because of the name change that this happened. I can, I know people who wanted to vote for something conservative and back in the, when you would say, well, that's kind of the BC liberals, like they just couldn't digest that, especially if they don't follow, that, follow politics, but they're like, isn't that Trudeau? And you're like, no, wow. it's provincial. So I get that. But nevertheless, name change or not, it is still remarkable to, you know, get 20%. Uh, they did fairly well. Uh, the conservative part of BC, party of BC did fairly well in the other writing as well. If you look at it, they have an MLA. Their leader is John Rusted. That's the first time they've had an MLA in over 12 years, that party. And I believe it's been since the 60s since they've even run candidates in a lot of ridings, which they say in the next election they will have a candidate running in all ridings. So it does seem that the BC United and probably even if they were still called the BC Liberals uh, would have some competition. You know, uh, that is a fascinating note that you've uh, presented, Drea, because what you're telling me is that the BC United people knew this is not a good name and not a winnable name, but we're going to do it anyways. I mean, like, where's the logic there? I know. I think, I mean, they did vote on it, so it is what it is, but I, they knew they had to change the name. I don't know why that one won. I, I don't think it was a good name, but people, people recognize the name conservatives. And so that name, that party has changed their name too. It used to just be called the BC conservatives. But when they rebranded, they turned it to the Conservative Party of BC. But if you do a change like that, people still know who you are, right? Yeah. And maybe you might want to, well, I don't know, hire a market research company and exactly. uh, shop it around, uh, do a little test screening like they do with movies in Hollywood, find out you've got some kind of winning formula. I mean, if you really want a, a real dog of a name, uh, liberals, how about um, BC Bud Light? How does that sound for you? you know, of course, in your neck of the woods, I think the term Bud Light might uh, mean a certain brand of wacky tobacco, Adria. Eh, so <laughs> maybe it is a winner after all. You'll get that community to vote for you. <laughs> it might work well out here. I'm not sure. Well, Drea, I see that we're right up against the wall, unless we have any more super chats, my friend. I don't see any. Oh, oh, my. I think uh... Saved oh, by okay. the bell. Yeah, my phone is weird. It will, I guess it needs to be refreshed or something. I'm scrolling back down. It just jumped up. Oh, we do one. We have one from Cool Beans 89, another familiar name. Thanks so much for your support. It means a lot and it helps us run. Donates $5, says David, the song Cruel to Be Kind was done by Nick Lowe. Oh, Lau. And was a hit in 1979, also during the broadcast of the Toronto mayor vote. Sneaky Patrick Brown was on the panel. Yuck. It, unbelievable. And, uh, well, first of all, uh, Cool Beans, thank you very much. Uh, I was guessing with Sheila it was Tom Petty, uh, but I stand corrected. Thank you so much for that. And, yeah, you know, amongst the winners and losers in the Toronto mayoral by-election, of which there were 102 candidates. And, by the way, Drea, where I draw the line between loser and super loser, if you got under um, – 
uh, 600 votes, which is what the dog candidate got, almost 600. Uh, wow. How do you mention that at the next cocktail party? Yeah, you know, back in 2023, I, I ran for mayor of Toronto. I got beaten by another species. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I can't believe you guys had a dog candidate. I'm still struggling with, struggling with that. But. It's unbelievable. But uh, <laughs> on the subject of Patrick Brown, yeah. Why is the mayor of Brampton interfering with the Toronto election? Uh, we got a scoop about this a week ago, Drea, where he was uh, that sneaky Patrick gung-ho to get um, Mark Saunders elected. That is also was also Premier Ford's choice of candidate. And the allegations go that Brown's henchmen from Brampton were um, organizing the Tamil community to vote en masse with mail-in ballots. Some of these people, I understand, can't even speak English. They had the ballots filled out for them. Just sign there. Oh, what am I signing? Shut up and sign, and we'll do, we'll do the rest, okay? And yet again, in his inglorious political career— you know, Patrick Brown, he's like that salesman in Glengarry Glen Ross. He's always trying to get first prize, the Cadillac Eldorado, and he always, always has to settle for se second prize, a set of steak knives. <laughs> what a loser. And it looks good on you, Sneaky Patrick. For those who don't know, this is the mayor of Brampton that shut down all the playgrounds yeah. and parks and ball diamonds and soccer fields during COVID so the kids couldn't play. Well, he snuck his candy ass into an ice rink with his berry buddies uh, to play shinny. What a disgrace. So that's all you need to know about that guy. So, yeah, the fact that Saunders finished way out of the race, despite that alleged um, Tamil organizing, I couldn't be happier, Dreher. Mm -hmm. And if any of you have not seen David's coverage of busting <laughs> uh, Sneaky Patrick going to play hockey while he banned kids from doing the same, you have to look it up. It is uh, some of your finest work. I, I love it. My whole family was like sitting there enjoying it so much. So. Oh, thank you so much, Ray. And you know, it's funny. Brown showed up at Ford Fest on Friday. Brown oh. hates Ford and the feeling is mutual. Ford took Brown's job or the job that was to be premier of Ontario in January 2018, the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario threw Brown under the bus, thank God. And within six months, we're able to have a leadership convention and have Doug Ford as the new leader who won a majority government. So Brown, of course, is inc incredibly resentful of the PCs and particularly Doug Ford for that. So why was he at that event? Some last minute, um, you know, ballot harvesting work, I suspect. But the funniest thing, Drea, when I came over to scrum him, at first he tried to run away, but I kept following him. <laughs> and then he says words to the effect, oh, I'm sorry, you are? I like, like Oh, whatever. <laughs> like, he's such a liar. Oh, Why would he do that? You know, Patrick Brown, Drea, could spit in your face and he would tell you it's raining, okay? That's, That's what how that much was. I know. He pretended he, he didn't know who you were wow. and i had to resist drea from saying oh patrick you know who i am i believe my photograph is on your dartboard back home <laughs> in brampton right
So don't give me that Shinola. Anyhow, he well, literally, um, uh, we could go on. He drives away on the hi- <laughs> saw you on the highway. Didn't even go or whatever. He saw you driving. Didn't even go where he was going. Went to the police station instead. Come on. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, well, you know, Drea, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on the daily roundup, and thank you to Super Producer Olivia uh, for manning the boards, or is it womaning the boards? I get confused with the language these days, folks. Uh, I will be back here tomorrow with another Rebel News personality. In the meantime, folks, as always, stay safe and stay sane. I am doing something today that I have never tried before. Listen up. I'm looking for collaborators in a new and exciting initiative. As you most likely know, YouTube a long time ago demonetized Rebel News and we are 100% viewer funded. Now, while our supporters are fantastic at helping us cover legal campaigns and special reporting missions, unfortunately, the reality is our day-to-day operational expenses often exceed our income stream, which is crazy if you think about it because my videos across all platforms attract hundreds of thousands of views and sometimes even millions. So I want to share that reach with the right partners. If you have a product or business and want to enter a win-win relationship with me, please go to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and fill in the form to let me know. I won't be accepting anyone. I need to believe in your business or product so I can sell it proudly for you. And for successful applicants, I will guarantee a minimum view count, meaning Even if your ad is published on the less popular reports, we'll keep promoting your business or product until it gets the agreed minimum eyeball. So again, if you have a cool company or product that either wants to take advantage of my reach or want to support my work through advertising in a way that you can write it off as a tax deduction or both, head over to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and hopefully we can join forces soon.